Adam Crowley. Uh, I want to talk about what the hell you guys are doing on that cheese because I, I really don't want to Google condoms, noses on my uh, work computer. So The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby got rubbed by the glove on power play. And they're, did I say rubbed? You guys looked at each other like I said rubbed. And, yeah, and then you added by the glove. Oh, he got rubbed by the glove? Yeah. You're going to have to yank that one, Tom. Please go ahead and pull that for me. Tanner says, talk all Steelers football if the Penguins lose. A, they ain't going to lose. B, no. Not going to happen. Not talking Steelers football. If I were going to talk about Steelers football, though, I would say that Ben Roethlisberger needs to be a better leader. Uh, He has not been good enough to young Mason Rudolph. Has not even reached out to him. Hasn't texted him. Hasn't extended his hand. Hasn't said, hey, Mason, I'll teach you the ways of the force here, bro. Because you're the... Isaac. Isaac from Belarus, you're next up on the Crowley Show. Hey, guys, thanks for taking the call. Um, I know that the whole Kessel's been bad thing is not a hot take. My question about it is, do you think he would benefit from being put with Sitter Gino? Um, would that get him some more shots, take the focus up of the uh, defense off of him, or would that just slow down those lines? Is that too big of a risk? I think it's too big of a risk, and I appreciate the call, Isaac. Thanks for calling us from Belarus. iHeartRadio app, baby. Going international. Crowley Show International. Love it. I think that if you put Phil Kessel with Crosby, you would risk Sidney Crosby's line not having the same production. Phil Kessel's not going to win board battles. Phil Kessel's not a great defensive player. Uh, You make Sidney Crosby work harder than he already does work on the defensive end. And if you put him with Evgeny Malkin, you're then going to break up the Carl Hagelin, Evgeny Malkin, Patrick Hornquist line that I think has been very good for the Penguins when healthy. Uh, They finally ratcheted up in the last game of the series. I don't think you want to do that. You're just going to have to live with Phil Kessel being a power play guy right now. And you hope that Riley Shahan can do enough on that third line or fourth line, whatever you want to call it, to stymie the opposition's flow and perhaps Phil Kessel yank a shot off every once in a while. That's what you got to hope. But right now I see the Penguins as having three valuable lines. Their top line with Crosby and, of course, Jake Gensel. And Dominic Simone. I'd probably move Simone down and slide Brian Rust up. That would be a very formidable line. Then you've got the Malkin and the Swedes line. And then the third line for you would be Derek Broussard and Connor Sherry, who played very well in the last game along with Tom Kuhnhockel. And if Phil can get something going in 10 minutes ice time, plus the power play time, great. If not, you've got three other lines that you've learned that you can count on in game number five. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The pressure's not on the Capitals tonight, though, is it? Is it? I'm asking this. I want your thoughts on it, because I don't think that it is. I think all the pressure in the world's on Washington for a Game 7, but I think the way that they've compartmentalized things... I'm having a tough time talking today. My tongue feels sick. That ever happened to you? Not like I'm having a stroke, but my tongue tastes like I've been sick for a couple of days. And now I can't talk. No, this doesn't count. Counts. No, do I have to use all my thirty counts. seconds? You better start talking. Son of a Hurry bitch! Yeah, my tongue tastes all fuzzy and it smells bad. I think, and I'm probably not going to show up to work tomorrow because I'm sick. 
I can feel it coming. Mm. Got to be careful, man. Are you going to put a clock on him? No, that wasn't the deal. I'm but just your 30 warning. seconds are up. Oh, you're both wasting hockey talk time. Your 30 seconds are up. Five I was going to go right the back into it. Hour, so. That sucks. Bad rule. Why did I sign off on it? Oh, right. I didn't. That's, again, you're wasting. Back to hockey. What are you going to do to me? No, I have to follow it. Yes. I respect the show. I respect Tom. Still off topic. But my tongue feels sick. <laughs> Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Can you talk? All pit basketball and Pirates baseball tomorrow if the Penguins lose. No. We will, however, talk all pit basketball. I don't think there's all that much pressure on Washington tonight. I think they've done a really good job of compartmentalizing. There's that word, and I got through it. Everything that's come their way during the course of this series. They are playing hockey when they need to play hockey. And that sounds so cliche, but they really are focusing on the game once they're in the game. And I don't think the pressure hits them when they're on the ice. I do think that's different if it's Game 7 at home, at Capital One Arena, where they've lost so many times in the past. They're 3-8 and eight in Game 7s in the Washington Capitals are uh, in the Alexander Ovechkin era. And they're 0-3 if they lose to the Penguins in Game 7s against Pen- the Penguins. It's not good enough. And I think all the weight of the hockey world would be on their shoulders at that point. Which I guess you could argue is why they need to win this game tonight. I don't think they think of it that way. I don't think they'll think of it, Washington will, until they're on the ice walking out there or until they start hearing all the nonsense coming from guys like Grant Paulson when they're driving their way into the practice facility on Tuesday or Wednesday. They do have a chance to close out their rivals tonight, though. They haven't really had this opportunity in the Ovechkin era, like this, where they have two games to put them out of their misery. I do think tonight's just going to feel like another playoff hockey game to them, though. As for the Penguins, I expect desperation, so it should be a hell of a game. That being said, if it does find a way to become a seven-game series, oh, daddy. After everything that they've done, Washington, to get the Penguins on the brink of elimination, It could wind up right where it was the last year. It could wind up where it's been two of the last three series when these two teams play a Game 7 in Washington. And I remember feeling that way when the Penguins lost to Detroit 5-0 in Game 6 in 2009 after everything Pittsburgh had done. After the offseason, after all the conversation about how this team's better than Detroit, the Penguins wound up being down three games to two coming back to Pittsburgh the same exact thing that had happened the year prior. And I thought, little Crowley did, that it was going to be the same as it always was. And they were going to lose that game, too. Penguins came all the way back to tie the series 2-2. Jordan Stahl scores that huge, shorthanded goal. Pittsburgh believed. And then all of a sudden, they didn't. And I feel like that's what could happen to Washington. Now, the Penguins went on to win that series, duh. But that feeling in between is the one that gets you. I think it could defeat Washington mentally. That's got to be a terrifying prospect for Cavs fans. In their mind, I think that they think that they need to win tonight. Is there any doubt in anybody's mind that Washington fans are thinking, oh my God, we got to close them out before we get to a game seven? We can't allow it. Meanwhile, Barry Trotz said today, oh, we've got more of margin for error than they do. I don't think that's the way you want to put that. Mike Sullivan doesn't put it that way. Mike Sullivan never talks like that. 
Mike Sullivan says we've got an opportunity tonight. Let's go take that opportunity. Meanwhile, Barry trots, ah, if we don't get him this time. That's what it sounds like to me. Barry can be far too candid. And it's one of the reasons why I don't think he's a great head coach in this league. I don't think Washington fans would sleep easy at all if the Penguins won tonight, though. Oh, baby, we need to see it happen, right? Penguins fans, we need to see Pittsburgh win this game. Uh, Just so we can see guys like Grant Paulson freak out. Just so we can see the media, again, nationally and locally, crush Alex Ovechkin in the Capitals. In fact, I'm getting inappropriately excited just thinking about it. Table just went up six inches, Brian. It's gross. I'm uncomfortable. Rob Ross is going to join us in 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Whatever does happen tonight, can we please have a measured response? I know that's not going to happen. If the Penguins lose, it's going to be, oh, my God, fire this guy, get rid of this guy, shoot Chris Letang into the sun. Well, let me just remind you. The Penguins have been champions for 694 straight days. It's almost two years. 694 straight days. I tweeted it out incorrectly earlier on in the day. I don't know what happened there. I used the wrong calendar calculator. Say that three times fast. Calendar, calculator, calendar, calculator, calendar, calculator. I'm a monster, even though my tongue feels sick. It came out at 517. I thought it doesn't seem like that's as many days the Penguins have been cup champs. But it's really 694. So I think that should buy them a little bit of equity. I think that should buy them a little benefit of the doubt. If Mike Sullivan loses his first series as a Penguins head coach, he would still have a 90% success rate in series. He'd have won 9 out of 10. I'm just telling you, I don't think the Penguins will lose tonight, but if they do, you've got to be thankful for what you've seen prior to the loss. Madden tweeted it out the other day, and I don't steal from Madden very often, but I thought he made a lot of sense. I can't believe he's on my side in this one. That if the Penguins lose this series, it's just because you're going to lose a series. I don't know why everyone has to scream and shout about what a terrible roster it is and how everything needs to be fixed. When in reality, when you play 10 good teams, and you're going to play 10 in a row if you play 10 playoff series. When you play 10 game, ten series, you're going to lose one. And it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. We don't have to make it out to be something other than what it is. I do think the Penguins have a better roster than Washington, but Washington's also gotten the benefit of some boneheaded plays by Pittsburgh. The goaltending's been on Washington's side, and that's the difference in the series. That and a bounce here and there. That's it. Uh, I look at Matt Murray's first, or pardon me, second goal he gave up on Saturday, and that's puck luck. It's a bad goal. You can't give it up, but it's bad luck. He knew it was going 5-0. He wanted to close his legs. He did close his legs, and somehow it squirted right in there. It happens. You're going to lose sometimes. Now, the reason why I want the Penguins to win so desperately tonight is because I would like to see the pressure cooker that forms in Washington. I'd also like to see the Penguins win the series. I am a Penguins fan, and I think there's no shame in losing to Tampa Bay. I thought all along the Penguins don't have to win a playoff series, and I'll be happy. Because of what they've done the last two years. And then I saw they were playing Philly, so I amended it. you got to beat Philly, and then I'll be happy because of what you've done the last two years. Because they're a rival. 
Then I see you get Washington, and I think, eh, you don't really want to lose to them either. I don't think Washington could win the Stanley Cup. So what Washington could buy here is the feeling of not always losing to the Penguins, which could be valuable down the line when they could beat Pittsburgh to win a Stanley Cup. But in my mind, I thought, okay, Washington's here, beat them. And anything else after that's gravy. And then I thought, if it's Boston, you don't want to lose to them because they're a bunch of pricks. I hate Boston. They got the Patriots. That's enough reason to hate them. But they're also racist. It's awful. I hate Boston. Hate them, hate them, hate them. Screw Boston. But now that it's Tampa, the Penguins would win this series and play Tampa and fight valiantly and lose to them. I think I could wrap my head around that one. You're okay. Nobody knows a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, so you're not going to have to hate any of them. Seriously, you walk into that arena, those are the only 18,000 Tampa Bay Lightning fans there are. There exists no one else outside of that. So I'm cool with it ending there. I don't want it to end against Washington. This magical run. That being said, you won't find me killing them even if they do. Coming up next, Rob Rossi. Speaking of killing the team, I mean, come on, Rossi. Riling all the injuries up. He's from the trip. He'll join us next. It's the Crowley Show. Pens and Caps game six. We've seen it the last couple of years, but this is the first time the Penguins have been trailing in the series. Washington really has to take advantage of this opportunity tonight. It's going to be such a pressure cooker in Game 7 if it gets that far. they got to take advantage. Joining me now to discuss, from the trip, he's our friend Rob Rossi. Amongst the people, it sounds like. What's up, Rossi? Yeah, the uh, elevators aren't quite working tonight, so hopefully that's not a sign of what's to come for the Penguins. But uh, So I have to maze my way through the citizens, which is always fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, Adam, about the whole Capitals' best chance to win the series might be tonight. But that said, has anything you've seen from the Penguins in this series given you a whole lot of confidence to think they'll win two in a row? I, I think there's a... I think there are a lot of questions in this series that have yet to be answered, and I'm not exactly sure the winner of this series is going to come out of here having answered a whole lot of questions with regards to uh, the big picture is can either of these teams win the Stanley Cup, but at this point it seems more like an attrition battle to me, and we'll have to see what the Penguins have left tonight. Um, I think... My gut tells me they win this game, but I will say usually teams that face elimination when they come off a game that they lost when they feel like they were the better team, that's a tougher hurdle to overcome than when you get beat because you just felt you were beat that day. So it'll be an interesting dynamic, I think, to pay attention to early for sure. Yeah, it's interesting, Rob, because I brought up going back all the way to 2009, not that it has anything to do with this, but the feeling after the Penguins got drubbed in game number five, and then they had to win the next two to win the Stanley Cup. The Penguins were motivated by the fact that they got drubbed, and of course it's the Stanley Cup final, but you're playing to advance no matter what series you're playing in here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I do think that there's something to that. If you're asking for a reason why I think the Penguins could win two in a row, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I think that they have at times dominated in this series, but unfortunately haven't been able to get them past Braden Holpe, Therein lies the issue, though, right? Do See, that. I, I disagree, and I respectfully disagree. I, a lot of people are saying that. 
I've seen a Penguin team that has struggled other than game five to consistently mount time in their own offensive zone with the puck. I've seen a Penguin team that has given up a lot of odd man breaks when they're not basically trying to trap somebody. I know you had Jesse Marshall on, and uh, he talked about sort of the system of Penguins fight. I mean, to me, the Capitals deserve to have the 3-2 advantage. This is where this series should be. If you look at the totality, I will say that- I'll agree with that, Rob. Uh, no, I mean I, I'm a okay. big I'm a big believer in that. Uh, I do think the Penguins, though, have shown that had a bounce gone here or there, it could be three two the other way. Right, uh, but it I didn't think it's been a four zero sweep too. I mean, I think that's the thing, and this series has been odd that way. Adam, I did the did the number digging. I mean, the last three years, including this series, uh, these teams have gone 10 and 8 against each other. 10 going to the Penguins, 8 going to the Capitals. Capitals not scored the Penguins 52 to 49 in those games. It has been an incredibly tight series. I think a lot of these fans, um, as they choose to accept blindness over reality, tend to think that these series were easy the last two years. And I'm not sure why, why that's happening. I thought Sidney Crosby, what he said today, basically, you know, what did you expect? Um, yeah, I think he was right. It's something that I've discussed on the show for a while. You and I are very similar in our thoughts, at least at this point, of what has gone on these last three years now that we're looking into this series. The Penguins could have easily, and I mean that, easily lost that series two years ago, even though they were a great hockey team. Washington was great, too. Washington was right. a really good hockey team last year that thoroughly curb-stomped the Penguins for two games before Game 7 came around. Uh, I think that this series needs to go seven. Uh, I want to see it for my own personal pleasure go seven, Rob. Not just because I root for the Penguins, but also because I need to see what Washington's going to look like. Uh, that pressure cooker in game seven in that building, please give it to me, hockey gods. Right. I think if you're a sports fan, if you're, if you're removing yourself from the, the parochial view, game seven is the most appetizing thing here. Um, given the history of the franchises, given the recent history of the teams, Seeing what the Penguins could do if they put Washington in that position again, seeing how Washington handled that, knowing that Tom Wilson would be back. I mean, to me, that's what we root for if we're interested in the story aspect, if we're interested in the narrative. I'll say this, Adam. I thought the last two years the Stanley Cup final was played in the second round between these two teams. I think this year both of these teams are playing right now for the right to get annihilated by the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> So it's a different feel, but the notion that the Washington Capitals aren't good, look, I see a lot in the Washington Capitals this year that I saw in the Penguins two years ago in that they were forced to make a lot of changes because of the salary cap and because of injuries, and those changes actually made them a more playoff-caliber team in terms of going a, a long way. So we'll see. Uh, I, think, I think the interesting thing tonight is going to be Braden Holtby, to me, has been the best player in the series. Yeah. I did not see that coming in. And I, you know, I think every time you say something that's even remotely not towards praising Matt Murray in this town, you get killed because it's somehow you're against Matt Murray. So when I say this, I'm not knocking Matt Murray. Braden Holtby's been the better goalie in this series. The difference the last two years was the Penguins goalie, whether it was Murray at 16 or Flurry at 17, played better than Holtby. I don't think Holtby's been to the level this series that either of the Penguins goalies were the last two years, but he won game five for them when he, when he was fantastic in the second period. And if he turns in another period like that tonight, it's going to be tough on the Penguins. It really is. 
Do you think Matt Murray's got one of those in him? I would not be shocked at all if Matt Murray, you know, earned a shutout and allowed one goal over the next two games. I mean, I, I think the world of Matt. Um, I think he's playing in front of a team that is significantly flawed defensively. It's a weird Penguins team because if you look at the metrics, they actually aren't as bad defensively as you would think from watching the eye test. But the metrics don't really convey the odd man rushes that they give up. Right. This team gives up so many high-quality scoring chances. And Murray, to his absolute uh, credit, to be fair to him, I really want to say it, he hasn't had to deal with that type of team. Uh, I mean, he's been able to play in front of a team that can, you know, they can let a lot of shots up from not the high-quality ranges. You saw the Capitals do that the last two years, right? They're putting up a lot of shots against the Penguins, but they weren't really dangerous shots. Um, uh, this is new for Murray. This Penguins team has, look, I, everybody keeps expecting like the 16 or the 17 Penguins to show up. But, Adam, you, know, you and I have talked about this a lot this year. They are who they are. They're a team that scores in spurts, is overly reliant on their superstars. Uh, I'll throw Jake Gensel the way he's performing right now into that mix. But they're overly reliant on their superstars to do a bulk of the scoring. And they, they make some boneheaded reads sometimes defensively. And I think that's just who they are. And if they can win another Stanley Cup like that, you know, bless them. But it, it's really hard. It's really hard. Rob Rossi joining us here on the Crowley Show. So what do they do systematically tonight? They just keep doing what they're doing and hope that they don't give up the odd man rushes tonight? Hope that they don't jump in on the play when they're not supposed to? Or do they think about playing a more defensive structure and try to get them on the counterattack? Well, I, I think they do what they did in game four, which is play a little bit more, I, I don't want to say sitting back, but a little bit more passive, let the Capitals try to skate through their neutral zone, um, counter, try to force turnovers and counter. I mean, it's not a particularly appetizing way to play, but it's the way I think they can win this game. Adam, you know, to me, where the Penguins have been in trouble in this series is when they've sort of, allow the Capitals to lull them into being the Penguins, you know, to allow the Capitals to to really uh, find the Penguins' weakness. And I think in one way the Penguins' weakness is when you have so many talented offensive players, sometimes with, if you let them go, they start going in a bad way. So I think the Penguins are going to have to play very disciplined. I think they have to play a classic road game tonight, which is what they played in game four. It really frustrated the Capitals. Do you like Dominic Simone being on Crosby's top line? No, but I mean, I, I don't know what the options are. You know, I, I, I know it's been, I've, there have been people in the local media who have, you know, taken umbrage with something I tweeted last night, but I, I think it's a big offseason for the Penguins. I think it's a big offseason for the front office because I think they need to do a lot of retooling. Um, I, I don't like Dominic Simone as much as this coaching staff does, but I don't like, you know, Chad Weedle as much as this coaching staff does. You know, they, this coaching staff won a lot more than I have, so you know, I'll see to them on that. But, look, I've said all along, if the idea is the Penguins are going to have to score goals against this team, I would have rather seen Daniel Strong in the lineup because as much as he can be a liability defensively, so we're told, well, other than Sidney Crosby, who on this team isn't amongst forwards? And uh, I just... I don't know that Simone's giving enough right now of sort of the physical element, the space-clearing element, the creation element that justifies him being up there. But the caveat is 
who would you put up there? I don't know the answer to that without harming the other lines, and let's not forget, we're watching a Penguins team that's dealing with a Evgeny Malkin with one healthy leg and a Phil Kessel with one healthy arm, so their options aren't fantastic in terms of what they can do with these lines. Well, and we've talked about roster construction before. I think that this isn't a bad roster. I don't know now if it's cup quality, especially when you look at Tampa Bay and what they've got out there. I really do think that these two teams are playing uh, for second place in the conference, uh, losing to Tampa Bay. But, uh, Rob, it does remind me of the end of the Bilesma era Penguins and the Shero era Penguins, now that I think about it, with Dominic Simone kind of being shoehorned onto that top line, much like Brian Gibbons was at the end. You're not a first liner just because you're playing on the first line. Look, I think if you look at this team in terms of who they're being forced to put into prime positions uh, at forward, uh, if you look at this team in terms of how reliant they are on the big boys to, to carry the load and their lack of depth on defense uh, and their, their real reliance on specialty teams to get them through, I think this is a team closer to the 2014 Penguins than it was the 2016 or 17 Penguins. The difference being... I don't think they need to make as many changes in the offseason. I no. think they're going to have to make some shrewd moves. I think they could possibly benefit from some bold moves. Uh, and I don't think this is a bad roster at all. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Jim Rutherford and his staff have done a bad job. I think it's really tough to keep constructing championship rosters when you win the championship every year. But this isn't what the roster was two years ago or even last year. And anybody that wants to say otherwise is, is not looking at it through clear glasses. And look, Adam, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I said it when it happened, I believe, on your show. I don't think there's a big difference between Ray Shiro coveting Jerome McGinley and Jim Rutherford coveting Derek Bressard. I think both of them were really good hockey players, but when the Penguins got them, they were, they were not the hockey players they had been at previous points of their career, and they didn't have fits on this particular roster. And in each case, um, I don't think it necessarily strengthened the Penguins. And it'll be interesting to see going forward because this team gave up a lot more for Brassard than the Penguins did to get a, a Ginla. The difference is they have Brassard for one more year. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but to me, that's another reason they're closer to the end of that Shiro Bosma era. Look, and when that era ended, it was a season and a half before they became a Stanley Cup champion again. I don't think it'll even be this long. But they have some retooling to do, even if they win this series. Rossi, really appreciate the stuff, man. Uh, good luck out there on Twitter. I know you're getting haymakers thrown at you left and right. Uh, oh, come on. It's easy to take haymakers when you know you're right. Oh, boy. Be safe out there, Ross. Put a helmet on, all right? I don't need a helmet. These people don't punch that hard. They're Pittsburghers. <laughs> Goodbye, Rossi. Yeah, you have one more? Does he have one more? No, he does not have one more. I totally disagree with him on Broussard. I couldn't disagree more with him there. I think he made a lot of good points. I think he's pushing the Rile the Yinzers up button a little bit early. I think that probably could have waited till they lost this series, or if they win this series, lost to Tampa Bay, or you know, whenever eventually they were going to get eliminated. But Broussard is not a Ginla. Because Aginlo was shoehorned into the lineup and put on his off wing, playing with a guy who he couldn't skate with. Derek Broussard was on a six-game point streak, playing his best hockey as a Penguin before he got hurt. And then when he comes back, he's got different line mates. He's still playing a different system. He has to almost relearn how to play with the team that he's playing with. 
And it's taken a while. He played up to his capability the last two games. We've seen big game brass. He hasn't finished, but he's creating opportunities. I don't think that that was a mistake at all. I saw Rob called it hubris on Twitter. I don't think it was hubris at all. I think it's trying to strengthen your roster down the middle, which is something that they've done to win the Stanley Cup each of the last three times they've won the Stanley Cup. Uh, You slide a center in, and you ask him to be a center, it's different than sliding a left wing into a right wing playing with a player he can't skate with. I don't agree with that comparison at all. I think Rob was spot on with a lot of the other stuff he said. I'm making that Broussard trade if I'm Jim Rutherford 10 out of 10 times and twice on Tuesday. Uh, Derek Broussard's a really good player. And you also get him, and this is difficult for some people to comprehend, for an extra damn year. If he doesn't fit right now, let's see how he fits after playing 82 games with the Penguins next season. I believe when the trade happened, Rossi did say that he expects, with Broussard, the Penguins to win the Stanley Cup next year. Didn't he say that? I was at Sensi's in Wexford. We were yelling at each other. There was a delay. It was brutal. And Rossi said, if they go out early in the playoffs this year, I think they've got a really good chance. In fact, I think I'll pick them to win it the next year. So the roster can't be that far off. And this roster isn't worse than Washington. I think where Pittsburgh fans get confused is, They'll look at it on paper and say, this roster is better than what last year's roster was. And I was part of that. But this roster is not better than last year's roster if Phil Kessel's got one leg. It's not better than last year's roster if if Evgeny Malkin's got one leg. It's not better than last year's roster if Chris Letang's going to not have his head out of his ass. And I guess that one is just, that's the player that's on the roster. But the other stuff makes a difference. He didn't have Carl Hagelin for three straight games. He didn't have Evgeny Malkin for three straight games. Like, that matters. Don't tell me it's a flawed roster when they've got guys hurt who are on the roster last year that weren't hurt. Uh, Phil Kessel, if he's healthy, probably has the Penguins on in the next round by now. I don't think it's that big of a stretch to say that. So, they're not flawed. They need to add some pieces. How good would the Penguins look if they had John Carlson on their top pairing instead of Chris Letang. I mean, things in this offseason are going to happen that are going to change the way these Penguins look. Maybe Connor Sherry's not here anymore. Maybe Chris Letang's not here anymore if somebody would pick up that salary. We'll see. But they're not far off. And (laughs) FYI, they can still win this series tonight and still be playing for two more weeks. To have the conversation now is, well, it's tomfoolery. It's bizarre. I don't think Tom Fullery was the right word, but I was looking at Tom, and he's a fool. Up next, sorry, buddy, uh, easy shot there. You need luck to win series against good teams, and the Penguins just haven't had enough of it. Injuries, puck luck, officials, we'll talk about it next. It's the Crowley Show. Americans are always on the move. They're in the car or at the office or working around the house. Americans refuse to sit still. So how do you connect with all those moving targets? Easy with radio. Radio reaches 93% of Americans every week. More than Google, Facebook, and even television. Because, hey, it's time to sit around and watch TV. So when you want to connect with all those constantly moving adults, teens, and millennials, get to iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM Radio to work for your company. Can you smell that stank that I am dropping? No, I really don't yet, but I appreciate you keeping it over there. 
No, don't quit. Don't no. Don't try to bring it over here. Stop, dude. I'm trying to blow it your way. Stop. Uh, that's what happens whenever you eat a peanut butter and antelope sandwich. Cantaloupe. Yeah. <laughs> we hyperventilating yet, Pittsburgh? Let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, this game, this series means so much more to Washington than it does to Pittsburgh. In terms of the history of the franchise, uh, there are more Penguins fans than there are Capitals fans. Penguins fans care more deeply than Capitals fans do. Uh, Pittsburgh fans watch hockey in the regular season, in the postseason, uh, not just when the rubber meets the road. They care more. But in terms of the franchise, Washington needs it more, and Washington fans... They need something to be happy about. And that's why, even though I don't think the Penguins would beat Tampa Bay, I want to see them beat Washington so that we don't have to allow them to be happy for a minute or two. Ovechkin's a great player, but I want him so far behind Sidney Crosby's shadow that he can't even see it. He is in Sidney Crosby's shadow. Crosby's won the Cup three times, Ovechkin none. But I don't want him to ever have that head-to-head win over Crosby. Because at some point, Washington is going to be good enough to win the Cup again. They're going to add some pieces this offseason. Every team's going to try to get better. Spoiler alert, they're going to. And if they do, then maybe next year they've got an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. And if they've beaten Crosby in a year where they don't win it, then at least gives them confidence that they can beat Crosby and the Penguins the next year. And I think that's why this is so damn important. Also, to counter my point, that I think tonight's game is... Not the pressure cooker game for Washington. That Game 7 would be the pressure cooker game. I think this year's Game 7 could feel a little bit different. If Backstrom doesn't play tonight and he's able to come back for Game 7, it gives them new hope instead of just being scared. Uh, Either way, if Backstrom plays tonight and then plays in Game 7, they're going to get Tom Wilson back for Game 7 if that game does take place. So instead maybe of all the nonsense, instead of maybe the history and... Uh, everything that comes with it, the ghosts of the past, they'll be thinking about Tom Wilson coming back instead. It's interesting. It all makes for great theater. It's why you love playoff hockey, and it's why I so desperately want the Penguins to win tonight. I want to see everything unfold for Game 7 on Wednesday. Oh, my God, give it to me. That's what she said. 412 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Penguins, I think, look to be on the wrong side of luck for the first time in the Sullivan era. Uh, the roster construction's been criticized by Rob Rossi, others in the Pittsburgh media. Nobody's done it louder than Rob, but is that actually the problem? I got into it a little bit at the end of the last segment. The Penguins aren't a perfect hockey team, not by a long shot, but they've got a roster that's good enough to win this series. Malkin didn't play two games. That's bad luck. They lost one of them. They had a tough time creating offense in it. They might win. Probably do win if there's a healthy Evgeny Malkin. They didn't have Carl Hagelin for three games. Phil Kessel is hurt and a shell of himself. Broussard got hurt and has just now looked like he's returning to form. Hornquist missed time in the Philadelphia series. You need to battle through injuries and adversity to win hockey series and to win the Stanley Cup. Believe me, I get that. But they outplayed the Capitals severely for a long stretch in game number five, and they still lost. That's mostly luck. Think about the bounces 
they've gotten route to the championship over the last two seasons. Game three against Washington in 2016, Capitals outshot Pittsburgh by almost 30, and yet the Penguins still won. Couple bounces and tremendous goalkeeping by Matt Murray allowed the Penguins to get up two to one in that series. In the next game, the Penguins won in overtime on a puck that very literally bounced off of a defenseman's stick right to Patrick Hornquist. The Pens were up three to one. That usually means it's over. In game six, though, the Penguins again won in overtime. That goes the other way, and Washington's winning the series. These series have always been close. Two years ago, if an OT game went the other way, the Penguins would have been watching Washington likely win the Stanley Cup. Last year in Game 7, Ovechkin's shot, not a Penguins, Ovechkin's shot hits the butt end of Marc-Andre Fleury's stick. It was luck. If he buries that, the Capitals have a damn good chance of winning the series. In 09, they get a deflection goal from Chris Letang. They scored on a 2-on-1 in overtime in a different game off a defenseman's stick. Were the Penguins the clearly better team in 09? No. How about in 16? Nope. 17? No. Are the Capitals clearly better right now? Absolutely not. But the Penguins have had mental lapses, and the Capitals have, frankly, gotten some of the breaks. Game 2, the Penguins had a goal taken away. In Game 3, Mata gets tripped with the game on the line. The Penguins have led going into the third period in three of the games this series. They could easily be up three games to two right now, but they're not. Because sometimes it happens. When you play enough hockey against good teams, eventually you're going to lose. All these series are a bounce here or there away from it going the other way. Think about the Cup Final last year. Penguins were up 2-0 against Nashville. They could have been down 2-0. You go back to the Cup Final against San Jose. Penguins won game two in overtime. They lose that one. It goes seven. And who knows what happens? This is one of the reasons why hockey is not that popular. Because the best team doesn't always win. Because the best team has things go against them all the time. You're talking about basketball where you jack up 43s. Every shot's worth three. You have a lot of shots to make up differential. Luck isn't, I don't think, so much a part of it. You look at hockey. Every game in the playoffs is within a goal or two. In basketball... You hope every game's within 10. A bounce here or there makes it within 5. A bounce here or there in hockey can change whether you win a series or not. And whether you win a series or not determines whether you win the Cup. Hell, the Kings, when they won the Stanley Cup the second time, they were down 3-0 in that series. And they came all the way back to win in Game 7. Man, if you're playing Game 7s and route to a championship... You could have just as easily not been playing for that championship. That's the reality. And the Penguins right now are playing okay. Washington, I don't think, is playing great. And one team's got a one-game advantage. It's why you play seven of these things. And I expect the way that they've played and the way that Washington's played and how even these teams are matched and how they have been over the last couple of years, I expect it to go seven games. Uh, That's justice. That's the way it's supposed to happen. And then you play it out there and you figure it out. And you take your chance with Tampa Bay. The Penguins need better goaltending and they just need the puck to settle down for him a little bit. Holy Mata misses a shot. It was a rolling puck. Wide open cage. It changes a game. It changes a series. It determines who is going to contend for a Stanley Cup and who doesn't. If the Penguins want to win tonight, they're going to need more bounces. And you might think that I'm putting my homer glasses on. 
and you might think that I'm trying to explain away why the Penguins are going to lose. That's not it at all. I've talked a lot ad nauseum, in fact, the last two years about how lucky the Penguins were to win a championship. We've seen what a team looks like when they're not lucky. 2011, the Penguins didn't have Crosby or Malkin in the playoffs. Okay, you write that season off, right? Uh, the next year, Marc-Andre Fleury was awful in a Game 7 against Montreal, and they run into Yaroslav Hulak, who's an ass of a goalie, and played the best hockey of his career. That's just bad luck. You run into that guy at that time. Bad luck. 2012, well, let's burn that tape. 2013, Game 1 against Boston, they outshot the snot out of him. Boston wins anyhow. Penguins think, okay, because it's Dan Bosma as coach, we're not going to make adjustments. We'll see what happens if we play the same game going into Game 2. Boston made adjustments as if they lost. They won that game. And after that, Penn's down 2-0, going on the road. Peace. See ya. Not going to happen. Luck matters. It matters when you win. It matters when you lose. And it's nothing to dismiss. When teams are that close, you need a bounce. Let's see if the Penguins can get one tonight. Coming up next... As I turn my pages. How loud was that? You hear that? Coming up next, let me take a peek here. Yeah, piece of paper. My God. Coming up next, why the Penguins aren't dead yet, despite a lot of people saying they are. I'd apologize, but I don't do that sort of thing. It's the Crowley Show. We alarm our houses, and we alarm our cars. But when it comes to your personal information, it can be tough to know when something isn't right. That's where Discover Card can help. Now, we'll send you an alert if we find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And this service is free for card members. Just sign up online. It's our way of looking out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. This guy tweeted at me. Yeah. And he said, if the Penguins lose tonight, are they still the defending champs until a new champion is decided? I say yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. If they lose tonight, it doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden not defending champs. I'd go one step further until someone else's name is on the cup. Oh, so even if even if like Dambo were to win it, yeah. it doesn't count until they engrave it? Yeah, exactly. I'll sign up for that. Yeah.